You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 19. Episode 19. So, Tyler, this is going to be a pretty heavy Tyler episode because I have not been playing all that much poker. And what I have been playing, not worth talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I've been doing a lot of PLO study. I mean, there is that, but that is pretty much the extent of my poker is kind of making my reins and trying to get a little bit better with, with that game and... I'm finding some stuff that's finally starting to click in. So tell me what what have what have you been up to, man? Okay, so remember how last episode we talked about uh, shot taking, moving up in stakes, and everything, right? Okay. So I believe it was it was either that night or the day after. I can't remember the exact day when we recorded or whenever I posted it or whatever. So we had just talked about um, shot taking and stuff, and I was like, all right, well. I haven't been to Paramount in forever, right? Okay. And I was, and I know I bought, I did the $100 in bulk time, which I love to see them doing now. So I had a ton of time. So I was like, I'm just going go to go to Paramount. Because I know you, me and you have been kind of talking a little bit of PLO strategy. And I was like, all right, I need to go and try to play some correct PLO maybe. And just, you know, not test my luck, but, you know, try to get a little bit more experience. And it was kind of more my thought. And I was like, I'll go do it at the 1-2 table, right? Well, I feel like you're in a lesser situation than I am, where, I mean, knowing some PLO for that reverse button is pretty helpful, so I, I like this. Well, and some of the stuff you were telling me about, I was like, well, that seems like some pretty good strategy that, you know, I would like to maybe try to implement, or at least try to see some of those situations. So I went to Paramount, I got on the list, and table was full, so I got to play their free pinball for, I got all the pinball I could handle, played both machines. <laughs> Well, that sounds shitty for poker, but I do love me some pinball, so at least they do have that, so, okay. And if you don't know, Paramount's pinball is free, so. Very, very nice. But, okay, so I'm at Paramount, and, um, I don't know, I was, nothing was, I mean, very short sample size, nothing was really going my way, you know, I had a few pocket pairs, I would have hit sets on the river, but would not have been good on any of them, so. Oh, God. But I had already folded, and, um. So I'm there, and then I see some guy, um, Levi, and um, he said, "Hey, man, yeah, you know, I was just at a uh, 52, that pl- or not, uh, 88. That place is packed." I was like, "It's packed." I was like, "What do you mean it's packed? Like, packed as normal?" And he's like, "No, the tournament series is going on. It's crazy over there. No open seats. Every table's full." I said, "What?" Because I, I never even looked at the atlas because Paramount's not on the atlas. I, you know, I just know there's always a game at 88. So. I pull out my phone, and I see just—I mean, it must have been like nine, one, three tables, and they had a two-five game going, right? Okay, I know. I know we've been looking to move up in stakes here and there, so that's that's really interesting. And a two-five game, as weird as it sounds, is kind of hard to come by where I play. We talk about it all the time. How it's either one, three, or five-five. Most of the time, five-five, ten. That it is hard to find that middle ground game here in Houston. And I was thinking, well, that 2-5 will be perfect for me, right, if I can get on that game. So 
I was like, well, this is my last hand, guys, at Paramount. They're like, your last hand, you just got it. I was like, and I'm gone. <laughs> I didn't like the way y'all were treating me taking my money, so I'm taking my shit, and I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, so I paid the $10 door fee, gave 170 bucks to the game, and ran away. So I jumped in my car. I'm flying to 88 now, right? Okay. And I get there, and it's so packed. I've never seen it so packed. You know where, like, the pool table is and stuff? Right. All of that is tables now. Oh, I remember seeing that uh, the last time I went there and was, like, kind of shocked. And I walk in, and the place is just jam-packed, right? N- n- I mean, I'm on the – I told him put me on the 1-3 list and the 2-5 list, right? Okay. 2-5 game is full. I get on the 1-3 table. I start playing a little bit of 1-3. I think I was up maybe, like, 50 bucks or something, right? And then, like, 2-5 game is ready. So I go over there, right? I add on another 500. So I'm in the game for 1,000, right? Right. So I was like, oh, here we go. Shot taking just after, like, what we had talked about, you know? And, I mean, the game was playing pretty big, as it always does. You know, the opening bet was probably, like, $40, stuff like that. That sounds about right. And 2-5? What this was... Five five two five. This was two five, and the opening bet's forty dollars. Man, that is so. This is such a big opening bet. Does it, to find that to be the average just shocks the hell out of me. Yeah, but I mean, I guess when you're playing that deep, you know, people are trying to get stacks in. You have to. I mean, I guess, it's hard to get stacks in whenever you open for twenty five and everyone's you know, two four k effective. That is true. So the big interesting hand that I had whenever I first sat down was I had a suited a seven of clubs. And the flop came five, six, eight, two spades in a club, right? Okay, so you flop open ended and a backdoor nut flush draw. Yes. Okay. So, you know. How, was, ma- uh, how many p- players are in the hand? Four handed. Four handed. And what was the opening? What was the bet? Let's just call it 40. I'm sure okay, it was 40. Okay, so about, about 160 in the pot. Okay. Yep. And um, someone leads out. Um, he bets it was um, probably like. $55, so okay. I just put in the call and everyone else called, right? I like this. The turn is the jack of clubs. Okay, so now you're open-ended with a with the nut flush draw on the for the river. Yes. Then this guy sizes up pretty big to like 250 And now I'm never folding, right? Well, I mean, I don't see never. Uh, let's go. Okay, it's two fifty. <laughs> what do we think the pot is right here? Because we're saying one sixty. The flop. You said everybody called the flop. Yep. Okay, so let's just call that two hundred. So let's, we're saying two fifty into maybe three sixty. Is what I'm getting. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So two fifty into three sixty. With with nut implied odds, I think it's probably a call. Right. So he bet the guy to my right called. So then I called. Oh man, with that guy called with yeah. the guy calling in between, it's basically always a call. Oh, yeah. my, I forgot to. Yeah, sorry, I forgot forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I said I'm never folding, the guy to my right called as well. Yeah, big. Yeah. Yeah. When you're getting added two fifty into the end <laughs> of those odds, that's that definitely changes things. Okay. Right. Yeah, the minor details. The river. Is a blank club, so not like a straight flush club, but a club, right? I believe it was the deuce of clubs. For you, there's yeah. no blank yeah, club right. here. <laughs> yeah. 
Fireworks went off on this blind club. (laughs) Right. And then he sizes up. Oh, God. Yeah. So he covers me. And then I think he bet like 300, 350. And the other guy folds. I jam all in. He snap calls, throws his cards on the table like like he has the winner, right? Okay. And I was like, did I just misread the board and there's a possible straight flush? I mean, I'm still going to lose all my money, right? I mean, I'm not full. I mean, if he hit the straight flush. Yeah. But I was but- like, no, I'm good. And then he shows five, six of clubs for flop two pair. And then he went backdoor clubs. But I had the nut club, so I stacked them in that. I mean, that's kind of a weird line for him to wait okay so he had five six of clubs yes let me see you had this wait you had ace seven seven? of clubs so he was betting with nothing no no he flopped two pair oh okay he flopped two okay he flopped two pair kind of a super weird line for him to bet that river with two players calling on the turn and then betting, yeah, betting that river, and then snap calling a jam. That, I, I I realize you rivered a flush, but I mean six six high is not the best flush in the world. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the game was running pretty good, right? It sounds like the game was running excellent. <laughs> um, before the and then so that put me at around two thousand dollars, maybe a little bit more, right? And then I kind of won some, lost some. I made a. I called some guy down with like bottom pair and was good. He had ace high. So that was pretty cool. And, oh, wow. Um, Very nice. And, you know, so things, things were kind of rolling for me, right? I was about 2,800 at this point, right? Okay. And, um, people are kind of seeing that, oh, the two, the, uh, the, sorry. Now the stakes have moved up to five, five, ten now, right? Because everyone wanted to get rid of the ones on the table. Because it was kind of, I kind of get it, having the 2-5, like, it is kind of weird. Like, whenever you could just, if the game's already playing $40 open, do we really need the twos instead of 5-5? Well, I guess. I mean, here here's my thought is, we both wish there was a more consistent 5-5 going. Or 2-5. Yeah, and I feel like if a game is 2-5... I mean, in five five ten, if you can afford that game and it's a good game, you always want it to be bigger, and at that exact moment. But I'm wondering if they kept it two five, it'd be less intimidating to players, and you keep it going more consistently. Is my thought. Well, I'm not sure, but we adjusted to the five five ten for this next game. I mean, it definitely seems like it makes sense the way y'all are playing and how deep y'all are. It definitely makes seems to make sense. Right. So I was like, well, okay. So here's here's the hand of the session basically, right? Okay. Or the hand, you know. So I get pocket tens, right? Pocket tens, gotcha. Uh, I'm pretty sure I made it like 50-55. So is it I'm assuming this is a 3 bet or either that or a squeeze. No, this was a open. You open. Oh, okay. It is 5-5-10. Okay, 50 50- 5560. Yeah. Okay, let's just call this 60. Sure. Um it goes three ways to the flop, right? The big blind calls and um one of the guys to my left calls. Okay. 
I see the 10 in the window. Oh, God. Nice. So happy. Right? It, the flop comes. 10, queen, 6, 2 diamonds. Queen, 10, 6, 2 diamonds. I mean, this could not be more perfect for you. Right. And I'm like, but this is definitely the type of board that you need to defend against the flush draw. You know, there's pair plus what could be backdoor straight draws. There is possible straight draws, right? Oh, well, to me, whenever you're up against middle set, you just never slow play. Because like you say, I mean, because one is a lot of times someone will have top pair. And they're not never folding for one or two bets. Especially here. I mean, they're probably calling their entire stack with top pair. But, yeah, you got the flush draw. You got jack nine. You got uh going in there you also got all the queens queen jack king queen ace king queen. jack's open-ended yeah uh yeah king jack so i mean yeah absolutely and even better the guy leads out for 300 300 yeah okay so i'm getting 180 in the pot right now he over bets the pot hmm What's it called? I believe so. It was he. So there must have been another caller behind us in this pot. Is it three? I got three ways of the floppers at three callers. It was uh, three callers. So, okay. So I'd have 240. So he's still over a pot. Yes, but, it was over a pot. Okay. So he bets 300 into. Oh, God almighty. Wow. What a dream come true. So obvious raise, right? Yes, absolutely. What size are you going with here? Because he has me covered, and I started 2,800, 900. You started with how much? Like 2,800 or 2,900. God, this is kind of weird. It's going to be a big bet. Yeah. Because I think I'm going 1,000. See, I'd already thought in my head 900, and then I was like, I mean, the whole point in this hand is to play for stacks, right? So I made it 1,000. That's kind of my thought, because I was like, well, I mean, there are, there's a ton of cards he could have outs here. So I don't want to give him too cheap of a price, and pretty much almost every turn I'm jamming. Exactly. So I was like, well, 1,000. Um, the next guy folds. He snap jams all in for my entire stack. I mean, this is a sick feeling because, I mean, you're like, could I be up against pocket queens here? Uh, with no three-bet preflop, a draw-heavy board, and players who tend to overplay all kinds of hands, I'm never folding here. Right. Well, and this player has rebought four or five times. Um, so it could even because be tilted. He, he went all in with like a gut shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. But not for that much, obviously. He had he bought in much deeper this time. So um, I mean, I snap call the all in, right? Okay. So this is now the biggest pot I've ever played, ever, right? Wow. And I roll over tens. Got to be good, right? He rolls over queens. God almighty. And then just the nightmare, right? That is that is heartbreaking. I mean, I like there's just no way to get away from this. I mean, with with the way the stru the the structure of the board is, I mean, there's just in him not three betting queens. I mean, anybody who says they're folding here is a, is just lying. Uh, no help on the turn of the river. Obviously, I get stacked for the whole thing, and some guy had just sat down at the table, short stacked. 
And he looks around and goes, nope, 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 nope. At the, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> table change, table change. I'm leaving. This is ridiculous. Bye. At this game, he's yelled at everyone. At the, nope, 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 nope. No, I'm leaving. And I'm just sitting there just kind of like, oh, man. That is, you know, I was uh, I was listening to, like, they were doing a replay of, like, uh, Rounders or whatever on uh, one of the podcasts. What is it? The Rewatchables with Bill Simmons. Okay. And he was talking about, like, that one, that opening scene where, like, all of a sudden, he realizes uh, KGB has the the straight flush and all of his chips are going and just how horrid that is and how it's like probably the worst thing in the like the the most unimportant worst thing in the world feeling you could ever have oh yeah no i remember sitting there thinking uh, well and then i have to decide am i going to rebuy into this game man i tell you what it like after that, I just know. I mean, not only am I not rebuying, I'm I'm am walking my car thinking of other fucking hobbies I can do that are that are not poker related. I mean, being like, nope, this is it. This is it. That I'm never playing this shit again. I mean, I'm going to. But for that moment, just talking about how I'm never playing this goddamn game again. And here's the worst part. Well, not the. This is definitely not the worst part. You already heard the worst part. I was about to say. I think it's worse. <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering how you're sitting here in front of me. So, and I had, I had already deposited money from the last few winning sessions, so I had only showed up with two thousand dollars, right? So mm. this is all my money, right? So I mean, if things go bad or if I need any more money. I don't have it, right? But you okay? So you still have money on you though, because you only you showed up with two thousand, and you you were only in for a thousand, right? Right. I mean, even though you had two thousand in front of you, it was mostly winning. So you have a thousand on you right now. Right. So now it's on the table. Okay. So you have the last little bit. I mean, you have ATM. A little dramatic. You have more money in the account. It's just what you have on you right now. Right, but it's super awkward if you need money and don't have any. Oh, it's yeah. That's a definitely <laughs> awkward spot. I mean, yeah. So, so I'm I mean, so, might say five dollars just in case. Well, no, I meant like if I needed to rebuy again, right? If you need to rebuy again, <laughs> you need fucking help, man. So, so I'm like, ooh. That was rough. <laughs> right. I remember sitting thinking, like, I think I've lost my sense of taste. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do not feel great. <laughs> I got beat bad in this bad, so bad in this hand. He just gave me COVID. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I even lost my health in the hand. <laughs> yeah, cause I remember just sitting there like, oh god, like I just, I must have looked so sad. Like people. I was like, is it okay to cry? I was like, I think I might be crying. I'm not sure. Because everyone's just looking at me, and I just must look so sad. I was just, hmm. It's <laughs> just so sad. I just see like, that. Because I had already run up to almost 3K and then lost it all in one hand, right? Especially when you think you're probably good. I, I mean, mean, I mean, when, need... I mean when, you call, when, you, when you snap call those 10s, you think you're almost always good there at least at that moment i mean you're a little you're definitely worried about him having a lot of outs but you think you're good right you think you're getting the money and good not drawing to one out right <laughs> yeah very so, true i'm just sitting there so sad just just so just beat up just oh 
So I fold for about an hour, right? Just regrouping, really. I will say this. I like that when you rebought, that you didn't go crazy with it on tilt, and you just sat there and folded. I, I think that was a really good move. So then I was like, man. I mean, I'm going to be able to sit up set someone at some point, right? At some point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that's the only way I look at it. Every time I get set over set, I'm like, well, I'm going to set up or set someone else. Kind of wish it was at this game, but I'm sure at the one two table, I'm going to bad beat someone, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> when we're on one of those free roll tournaments, <laughs> you're going to get that set over set. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get them. So now I'm just in there like, oh, man, uh, this is tough. And then I get pocket eights. Okay. So I was like, all right, and I'm sure it's 50 pre-flop, and everyone in the table calls, right? I kind of love this hand for your mental state, because, I mean, you're either going to hit or you're not here, right? Or I'm not going to bluff, but that's not okay. the point. I got you. <laughs> so, <laughs> flop comes king, king, eight. Oh, wow. With two spades. And it checks to me, and I remember... I had just watched a Bert, uh, Bart on Crush Life Poker, one of his YouTube videos, on how too many people slow play hands. Like, whenever you're going to get value. So, if I was sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, we just saw this multi-way, right? And they called the 50 pre. So, right. people are going to have hands here. People love playing kings. A king, right? So... A king is literally never folding, right? Yeah, I love the fast play here. Because like you say, a king is never folding, and you're not getting value from any almost anything else. Well, flush draws. That's I true. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I was like, there's way too much stuff that I can charge here, right? Right, yeah. So I sized up to probably like um, maybe 200, something like that. Okay, if you're betting 200, I'm assuming there's probably three in the pot or something. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, okay. a lot of people saw. And um, I get a caller. So I was like, this is great right that's wonderful um the turn was like a seven of hearts so i was like doesn't change anything for me no absolutely nothing yeah so i bet big again i mean i'm no point to slow down this rate, right right and i bet like um so it was 200 so i bet probably like 300 i think um 400 it was 400 yeah three would have been a little under half pot, yeah. which i'd think you would have bet more it seems like okay so 400, 400. and he calls so i mean he basically has a king here all day i think even a flush draw is gone here right i i had won a few hands before this is the first notable hand because i'm realizing i had more than a thousand in my stack because i remember how much i bet on the river but that's not the point so river comes bricks off the flush and um i believe it was like the two of hearts something like that okay it was a very brickish card um so in theory Flush draw is never calling, right? Right. But he could bluff. And this is a player who would bluff. But a king is never folding. Right? You can agree with that? Yeah, I agree with both those statements. So I said, well, maybe this is just my time to put a bad beat on someone. I'm all in. Right? For another 750, 800. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, absolutely. He tank and tanks. And he shows a king. So I was like, well, that's good. I mean, it would be a wicked slow roll if you had, like, the deuce. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. Um, and he turns over uh, king-queen and puts in the call. And um, I double up there. Right. Yeah, I so mean, now, it seems like you ha he knew kind of. I mean, the, the thing I think you did a good job of betting all the way up until the river 
to kind of get him to commit his stack. It seems like though the pot odds, he just couldn't fold a king with a decent kicker. And he even said, he's like, I'm pretty sure you just have a boat here every time. He's like, and I should fold, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it's... I mean, that got me going, right? And then here's one that's pretty interesting for you. Um, we were doing $20 bomb pots nine-handed, right? Okay. So I get king-queen in the bomb pot. And the flop comes king, queen, nine, two diamonds. The other one comes king, queen, six, rainbow. Oh, God. So I was like, this is perfect. I haven't played a bomb. I mean, I haven't played any hand. Well, I haven't played any big bomb pots. I've played a few and folded, right? Right. So I, I had, um, on this hand, I had exactly um, a little bit over 1,300 in my stack. Because I had lost some hands from the previous king's hand, right? Okay. Um. So I, I just bet 100, just let out for 100. That seemed to be the normal. Um, How much were y'all were doing? $20 palm pots? Nine-handed, yeah. I think I like a little bit more because that seems about like half pot. Yeah, right. yeah. So, But uh, <clears throat> you have this board so locked up that I guess, yeah, I guess half, I guess half pot is probably good here. Well, here's the other thing. I kind of want to see a few callers here on this street, right? If I have both boards so locked up and then I can bomb the turn. Yeah, well, it's kind of my true. theory. That's a that's a good point. Uh, I mean, bom like bomb pots, because I mean there are so many callers or so many cards that are outs. Uh, I I like to kind of bet bigger. These boards are so locked up, but I mean I don't know. Jack ten has outs on both boards. Correct. So it's but yeah okay I can go behind this. I immediately get raised to three fifty. Oh, that's beautiful folds back to me i said you know what i'm all in 13 mm. whatever 1350 i mean the only thing i have beating you here is Pocket. a set of kings and a set of queens and i was like if that's what he has i'm just that's just it for me right i'm just that's you're just taking all the money anyway yeah if you flop two pair on top two pair on both boards and they have the case both case kings or queens yeah, the one combination yeah, yeah then then that just is what it is um he calls i am so shocked at what this dude could ever have well i guess the most likely like bottom set on one board right he turns over king jack offsuit I mean, so we had a gutter on one, right? So it was nine. So a ten. So it would have been nine. He needed a ten. Jack, queen, king. So he had top pair and a gutter. The other one, he just had top pair. I'm trying to think of. I guess. I mean, I guess this is very strong. I mean, he'd be very strong against, you know, like the sets that you could have here. But, I mean, he's losing to ace-king. I mean, if you have ace-king here, he's getting stacked. I mean, with one with one pair, with not even a ton of outs here. I mean, he's really hoping for a set of sixes or a set of nines, right? That that has to be what you're hoping for. Yeah, absolutely has to be what you're what you're hoping for. Uh, I mean, it's kind of tough, because that's kind of a tricky hand to play here. I mean, the only hands he's really losing to is actually... Well, aces, ace, king, and... King, like, queen. Uh, a set of queens and king, queen. Mm, 
don't know for your whole stack. Uh, for your whole stack, this is kind of this is kind of dicey. Well, it's not his whole stack; it's my whole stack, right? I mean, we're so deep, and I'm the short stack. I mean, okay, for a shitload of money, it's kind of dicey. Let's go there that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he puts in the call. I get the full double. Obviously, the full double. I get a, I get I double up there. Very nice. Um, and then I play one other pretty big hand in the um. In this um. Uh, or one more noteworthy hand where I have King 10 suited King 10 of diamonds, right? The flop comes, it was like, um, two diamonds, but here's the best part. One of them was the ace of diamonds. Oh, giving you the nut flush draw. Yeah. And this, th- that guy from the bomb pot bets out pretty big. Um, it's like a hundred, um, but it was multi-way again, $50, so it's like half pot, right? And um, I call. Were there any other callers? Um, I think one. Kind of like to see that with uh, such a big draw here. Okay. Um, the turn brought the diamond, so I have the nuts, right? Wow, very nice. So I was like, well, I guess, you know, he, he bets out again. Like... That's pretty amazing. That's pretty great because you're thinking now he might have been betting the flush draw and gotten with the gotten the flush, but he bet like kind of small, like two twenty five. Other guy folds. I call. I float this, but I'm not float. I I mean I just call behind because I'm not really scared of anything other than the board pairing, right? That's true. That's a good point. I mean, even a diamond, even another diamond, you still have the nut diamond. I mean, the diamond could be a ki- like an action killer is what you're scared of, but not really scared of you know it just killing you exactly so i was kind of i'm like well if he has like five sticks of diamonds like another diamond would be bad right um another diamond comes so there's four diamonds out there and i have the king high uh, you know the nut diamond um he only has about 600 behind i bet 400 and he puts the call in and I show him, and he gets very mad and leaves. Did he show what he had? No. Not a ton makes sense. Like, I guess you you said the ace was out there. Ace, yes. ace queen with the queen of diamonds would make a ton of sense here, right? That would make sense, yeah. I mean. um, The queen was out there. The jack of diamonds was the second nut. Oh, uh, okay. Like, yeah. then, like, ace, ace, ace jack with the jack of diamonds, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that, hmm. yeah. Because I mean you, I mean you flop top pair, and then you would have you. There's a good chance you would have bet your almost your second nut draw, and then get there. But here's the other thing. I mean, do you like a raise there for that short? I mean, if he only has six hundred behind. I mean, if I raise him there, you kind of can let him get off the hook, right? Wait, what do you mean raise? Are you you bet on the turn on the turn? Because he was like, I can't believe you only called on the turn. But if you only have 600 behind and you make it 250, what am I raising to? I mean, I'm not min-clicking. I mean, and then any bet I put would basically be an all-in for him. So you can kind of let some stuff off the hook there. When well, you already have it so locked up, I kind of like a call there. I kind of like the call too. Well, I mean, because in this multi-way pot, once you raise that turn, I mean, your hand is so face-up. Exactly. Especially with people who know what's going on, right? I mean, people, these players knew, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, at <laughs> the very least you have is a flush. Yeah. Most of the time, a good flush. 
So, well, no, like, I'd probably do this with a lower flush protecting against other diamonds here. I for uh, sure would have done it with a lower flush. Like, if I had the 5-6 of diamonds, I would have put the raisin on the turn for sure. Yeah, but when someone bets the flop, they're either betting with top pair or the flush draw. Uh, So, once you raise there, I mean, you are... Now, it might be a bluff, but you are stating to the table. I mean, just as clearly as if you say it out loud, I have a flush here. So, I mean, if you, like you say, if you have a small flush, I like the race. Because then you're, you're charging, you're, you still got outs and all of that. But against the, uh, with your exact hand, I kind of like the call. Right. So, um, after all that, after that big hand, and there was a few, I mean, I got a lot of bluffs through, you know, that I, not that I normally wouldn't, but, you know, a lot of bluffs through and stuff. And, um. I had one nice no bluff. I counted my sack. I thought about shipping it on someone, but the problem is whatever he called me with would have beat me. So happy I didn't do that. Um, this sounds very great. <laughs> Glad you did not do that as well. <laughs> so after being into the game for 2000, I ended up cashing out for 4,303 for a $2,303 profit. I mean, the, the really amazing thing is doing this after losing that w one soul crushing hand. I mean, you got to think, this session was seven and a half hours. That uh, To me, that's amazing. Because, I mean, there's no way I'm losing a hand like that and just not losing my shit. Uh, <laughs> way to keep it together and bring that session back. Because that ended, and went from a complete disaster to a just a much, a, just a great win. And, like I say, when you get set over set for that biggest pot that you've ever played, that's not something you're counting on as being a good session. Uh, definitely not, but I mean, it, it was nice. And then I was also thinking, um, so when I went to go play again on that Monday, um, that next session, I went and played one, two, sorry, one, three at uh, 88. Um, you know, I hit a set on someone's ace king. So they had ace king, flop came king, three, four, two hearts. I had pocket fours double up there. Um, I hit quads, um, didn't double up, actually missed a bet, didn't play it great. Um, we'll just skip that hand for now. So I ended up being up um, $677 when I was trying to wait to get on the 5-5 five, five list. And the 5-5 five, five game never happened, so I ended up calling it kind of a short session and just took my win and went home. That's... But I mean, you know, it was one of those sessions where like you just got good hands versus people's less good hands. I mean... Just yeah. monsters versus monsters. I was on the good end of everything that session. And it was just four hours. and um, Yeah, so that was nice. And um, so coming off of two pretty big sessions, I mean, even That's... though, I mean, $677 is still a lot of money. Yeah, oh, I mean, $677. I mean, if that's over $100 an hour. I mean, like I say, if we were averaging that, <laughs> I mean, we sure as hell wouldn't be working in the jobs that we are now. So I mean, yeah, that's six seventy-seven, and that is a great, is a great, is a great session. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like like I say, I mean that one's really good. I mean, getting hands in there, but that that two thousand dollars profit session over two thousand in a hand where you get murdered, and you know, is just. Can uh, here's the thing: is imagine if those tens are good. If it's bottom set and you <laughs> run like that, I mean. The cash out's like, god damn, we, I, it's even hard to imagine at that point. <laughs> Here's the other thing that, like, you and I were talking about on the cash out. Like, does it ever even get that big? I mean, at some point, you just leave, right? 
Oh, I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm like, I'm up four hundred dollars. I'm like, mm, I better protect this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of you going to Paramount and then going to Johnny Chan's '88 on uh for the bigger game, did you see Paramount just uh, did an Instagram post asking people who were interested in Five Five to text them? I did not see that. Yeah, I, I saw it on the way over here. So I uh, wonder if Paramount's going to try to get into that 5-5 five, five type action. Uh, Paramount, I guess we'll kind of end. It's going to be kind of a short one because we're going to try to do some. Uh, well, we just pressed for time today. So, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But Paramount always seems to be so good at finding like those little n- niches that people aren't in and oh, capitalizing, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like there's, It's so obvious that there is not a consistent 5-5 five, five game in Houston, right? Right. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we'll do that. Because they did the 2-5. But the problem is, for me, they did it on Friday. And I work every Friday. I told you guys do it on Thursday. I'll be here every week. Right? I mean. Yeah. But. um, I'm shocked they didn't take that into account. Because really, in all honesty, I mean, if you get, like, one or two or three consistent players, that really changes things. Because all you need is, you know, eight more to make that table. <laughs> I'm making it sound like. <laughs> Maybe they didn't say it too paramount. Yeah, I said it to some guy at the urinal. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can so, I can see where they wouldn't where they're not redirecting their uh, entire structure on what games they're playing based off of what you're telling some some random dude at the urinal. Why you're even talking to dudes at the urinal is is another question actually. So, uh well, no. So it was uh, I was I was walking out of the restroom. And he was walking in, right, and he was the guy who played at the five five. And I asked him, I was like, or two five. I said, how is it? How did, how's it been going? Because I know he's been at them consistently. Uh huh. And he was like, oh no, they haven't even made last few weeks. I was like, what, really? And he was like, yeah, no, no one shows up for the two five anymore. And I was like, oh man, well if you guys had it on Thursday, I could come here every week, you know, and then just walked out. But I would have thought that would have made so easily. Like the like a lot of people like the idea of being on the live stream. Two five's not the big like a gigantic game. I, I'm shocked that that didn't make that didn't make more often. Well, I saw the text that they wanted to do it again, so I imagine. Um, I think they. I mean, obviously they want to have it, right? I mean, they have all the equipment for it and stuff. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time, right? I think so. I mean, I'd like to go do it, but Fridays are very. I mean, you work every Friday, and Fridays are hit and miss for me. And I like to say I'm trying to give more business to my... I like variety, and I like going to Houston and Austin to these new poker rooms. But with College Station just kind of getting off the ground poker-wise, and all these rooms, one big room and all the other rooms struggling to make it, I'm trying to play more in College Station or else I'd be there all the time. I guess we'll end this podcast with this note. Here's something I've noticed with all, like, playing the 5-5 five five at 52 or 5-5-10, five five at 5-5-10 five at 88... And uh, the two five at Paramount. Once the game gets going, is when the interest seems to begin. Like people then kind of walk over and kind of see what's going on, and then try to get on the table. But it seems like starting it up is what's so difficult. I can see that. Oh, that's just it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it seems like at Paramount when I was on the two five, people would walk up and look and want to play. But it's like if if everyone wants to play, what well, we we could do this more often. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be on the live stream. We could play 2-5. If all these people want to play, and then, like, when we're at 88 playing 5-5-10, and people are like, oh, did 5-5-10, I want to play. It just seems like we could get the game going more consistently. 
I mean, I have thoughts on this, but it's gonna lead to a, it's gonna lead down a rabbit hole, man. So yeah, we're good. We're all set. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying, but yeah, it's, I guess you've noticed that as well. Same thing yeah. in College Station with your five five uh, round of each kind of thing. Or oh, not? those five fives in College Station, they start up, and I mean, they're, 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 those people are all about that five five action. <laughs> well. I guess on that note, this concludes episode 19 of the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.